Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Issues 2017. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is political analyst Bernie Cook. Welcome to Issues 2017, Bernie. Hi, Steve. A little background this morning. Tell us about your career as a journalist covering state politics, what your professional role is today. It's always good to have a little background, sir. Well, the... Uh Probably the easiest way to say it is this is my 43rd, I think, 43rd, 44th legislative session. I was a reporter for many years in uh, television, particularly television and radio, and then uh, worked for the Wichita Metro Chamber of Commerce for 21 years, went to the Tulsa Chamber, and now I have my own uh, lobbying firm, and I, uh, I've got three clients, Kansas Economic Progress Council, the school counselors, and the Harvey County Council of Governments. Bernie, where would uh, you start out? I don't know if I ever asked you this. I worked my way through college at a television station in Joplin, Missouri. In Joplin. A UHF station. Uh, I'd want to go to dinner with the, uh, the news director, and he'd always get a phone call from somebody that, that couldn't get the station, and we'd have to go to somebody's house or apartment, and he'd have to fix the UHF antenna so they could get <laughs> the signal, and we'd end up not eating dinner. That was <laughs> and I just never would learn. I'd go to, be ready to go to dinner, and he said, we have to stop over here and... That's starting at the, pretty close to the bottom of TV. Yeah, it was. Where it are you was. from originally then? I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, you're back here in the Midwest. Kansas legislature is in a break right now, but how long is this break? And when do they return, Bernie? That's about a three-week break. They go back May 1st, uh, and uh, that's for the veto session. They still have uh, what are called the three big issues to address. They have to... Uh, deal with the budget. They have to deal with revenue to pay for the budget, and that probably means an income tax increase and maybe some other uh, sorts of tax increases or revenue enhancements. And then they have to deal with school finance. So they've got uh, a court decision looming, and if they don't fix it by June 30th, legally schools will not be able to continue to operate. Now, do you think this uh, session will break any records like, <laughs> like we have in the past? As you far know, as uh, length of session? I don't know. They say uh, somebody told me that May 24th, Fourth would be the 100th day, and they, they hate to go that long. They'd like to keep it within 90 days. There's some magic number about that. Uh, that's normally what a, what a session is supposed to be. Yeah, we're going to talk about the, the big issues that remain to be resolved, but first, can you tell us about maybe some of the work the lawmakers have been able to accomplish? Have they ever been able to send anything to the governor's desk and get it signed? Well, they sent an income tax increase to the governor's desk, and uh, he vetoed it. And they were able to override his veto in the Kansas House. They fell three votes short in, in the Kansas Senate. So they've been working on, on an income tax bill. They also uh, passed Medicaid expansion. And uh, they were unable to override the governor's veto. But I think they're going to start that up again. Uh, one of the things about Medicaid expansion that has happened since the, the end of the regular session, about uh, April 6th or 7th, is that there has been, have been news stories, and that's been confirmed, St. Francis Hospital in Topeka uh, plans to close this summer. And that's 1,600 jobs in Topeka, and that has really shaken things up. 
uh, all of a sudden people who were opponents are going, oh my gosh, local hospital's going to close. What are we going to do? They're, they're talking about merging with another hospital up there, Stormont Vale. But uh, suddenly, uh, you know, Medicaid expansion was dead. But there's a former state senator from Pittsburgh, uh, Phil Martin, who used to say, when I die, I hope I'm in the state house. Things have a way of coming back to life in this building. And, and uh, I think Medicaid expansion will come it back. It sounds to me like politics got close to home, finally. Yeah, it really did, yes. And some of those people up there are screaming bloody murder about that. Wow. Uh, we want to talk about uh, concealed carry and give us, you know, let's talk about the, the guns on campus and so forth. July 1st, uh, we're supposed to, by state law, permit concealed carry on our university campuses and uh other buildings, uh, and other buildings, uh, public buildings, public buildings, and uh, where is that right now? What's what's the latest on that? Well, the it goes into effect July first, yeah. but uh, they've discovered that there's there's a big problem, and that is the law will allow uh, guns to be carried into mental institutions, mental health institutions, uh, mental hospitals, and nobody wants that. I mean, if someone has a serious mental problem, you don't want them. You don't want them in the hospital with, with a gun. Uh, and I think everybody pretty much realizes that, that uh, they need to, uh, to do something about that. But they are concerned that once it gets up for debate in the House or the Senate, that there will be people that don't want uh, guns in other places, like uh, on college campuses, and there will be an amendment. So there's this kind of parliamentary game of chicken going on. Uh, in fact, the... Uh, the state senator, Jake LaTurner, who was just named the new state treasurer, was the chairman of Senate Federal and State Affairs Committee. He had been blocking any kind of gun legislation from coming out of his committee. So they, they put the, the, uh, the legislation in a different committee, uh, Senator Carolyn McGinn from Harvey County's uh, uh, committee. And, and uh, there, there's been some discussion. There have been hearings. But I think most people really know that they don't want to have guns in those mental institutions, but they're waiting until the last minute to pass the legislation so that they can say, well, there's no time left to deal with the college situation. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really politically fraught with I, all kinds I, of... From what you're telling me and from what I have, have seen and heard, this concealed carry thing is, is going to be pretty complicated right up to the end of this. Right up to that July 1st, there's going to be a lot going on with that. Well, it's, it's not been one of my issues directly, except that I represent Harvey County Council of Governments, which are uh, the county and the seven cities in Harvey County. And they're somewhat concerned because uh, it, it allows uh, weapons to be carried in, in uh, city and county uh, uh, buildings unless there's security, and that security can cost a lot of money. How has the legislature responded to the massive wildfires in western Kansas? Is there much that they can do to help out on that? There has been some legislation passed. I'm not that familiar with it, but it uh, it has to do with property tax exemptions on fences. Uh, when when uh, these this fencing that's been destroyed by the fires can cost tens of thousands of dollars, particularly on, on I've heard ten thousand a mile. Yeah, something a mile like of that. fencing is wow. And and uh, <laughs> there's been a desire to do something. It's it's not a lot that they can help with, but. Uh, uh, there, there's going to give be some sort of tax break to help with that. One of the biggest concerns right now, I assume, uh, uh, is that there's the budget deficit. Uh, where's that going, Bernie? Are we getting close to close to that great big loophole, the big hole there? Well, we've we've dealt with the current year. The current year is fiscal year 2017, and it ends June 30th. 
and the legislature passed, and the governor just signed a bill to deal with that. It's called the rescission bill. Uh, because of revenues not coming in, and, and uh, lots of people say, and I believe this as well, it's because of the 2012 income tax cuts, uh, the current year budget was $290 million short. Uh, they, they dealt with it by sort of a borrowing uh, scheme. Uh, they took money from the Pooled Money Investment Board, uh, which is sort of an investment fund, and they will pay it back in, in the future. Now, they had, they had wanted to delay some payments to uh, the state's pension fund, Kansas Public Employees Retirement Fund, but uh, the House of Representatives would not go along with that, and they, they passed a budget that does not t- uh, uh, affect the pensions of teachers and other public workers. So this, this year's budget is taken care of. Uh, for the next two years, and we've been, since Governor Brownback has been in office, we've been doing a two-year budget. Uh, the next two years, fiscal year 2018 and 2019, uh, a budget has passed the Senate uh, and been sent to the House. The House version of the budget has come out of committee, but they've not debated it yet. Not much support for the so-called flat tax. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I only, was kind of surprised. Only got three votes. Yeah. You know, and you've got to kind of follow the, the sequence of events. The legislature passed an income tax bill that raised money to help fix the problems right, right. that the state has been facing. The governor vetoed it. They were three votes short in the Senate. And before they moved on, you know, three votes is not much. You can tweak that bill, and I believe that they will get an income tax that has three brackets, at least three brackets, an income tax increase. The uh, uh, the flat tax was floated, and, and a lot of people said, we want, to see, we want to see a flat tax debated first, including the governor, uh, and then and, and let's see if that flies. So they proposed a 4.7%, I think, flat tax, just one rate. And there were some other things in there. Only got three votes. Even the committee chair that proposed the bill did not vote for it. So it's back to the drawing board. And, and some people believe that when they get back uh, May 1st, pretty quickly, there will be an income tax bill. And I'll tell you, Steve, that one of the things that was really earth-shaking uh, in the last year was the election in August and the election in September. The legislature turned over quite a few seats. A lot of people didn't run for re-election. Uh, a lot of very conservative legislatures, uh, legislators were defeated. And there's a new crop of legislators that are saying, we want to fix this problem. We want to fix it this year. We don't want it coming back next year. And they are very focused on raising the money they need. And, and I think they will do it. They are, they're so close. If the governor doesn't sign it, I mean, think about it. Two-thirds of the House overrode the governor's veto, and they were only three votes short in the Senate. They had a majority in the Senate. I, I think that they'll do it. I don't know how fast they'll do it, but and, and it'll be difficult because of, uh, uh, you know, what do you do with the budget? How do you spend that money? Right. The school finance question. But I, I, I really believe they'll do it. You're listening to Issues 2017 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is political analyst Bernie Cook. Uh, education makes up more than half of our state spending, and we're told we're not spending enough there. Give us an update on the education issue, Bernie, please. Well, there, there are two committees that have been looking at this. And just, let's just go back, I guess, to the Kansas Supreme Court decision, which was uh, didn't name a money amount, but said it's not adequate. So uh, a Senate committee has been looking at how do we rewrite school finance. For the past two years, we've suspended the school finance formula that had been in place for 20 years. 
and said, we're going to issue block grants. Well, the court said block grants are not, not, not legal. So uh, uh, we've got to come up with a, a new school finance formula. Well, guess what? It's not new. It's really the same one, and they've just renamed some things. Uh, it's, it's basically pretty much the same. So the House has come out with a, with a formula uh, that they're expected to vote on. Uh, it's expected to come out of committee when they come back May 1st. It increases general state aid and special education by about $150 million next year, and then it adds $150 million more each year for the next four years. So that's a total of $750 million of an increase. Uh, it, it will increase after that based on the Midwest Consumer Price Index beginning with the 2022-2023 school year. And ho- I'm hoping that you and I are both retired by then and could <laughs> be listening to the radio to, uh, to people try to figure all, all this stuff. But uh, the, some other things that have changed, you know, right now the money that the state puts in is based on about uh, what, what's the body count in the schools about September 22nd. They've changed that to base, be based on the prior year or the second prior uh, preceding year, whichever is higher. That will that'll make things, for planning purposes, be a little bit better. The legislature won't come back into session, and suddenly enrollment has gone up, and they've got to come up with several million more dollars. It, for planning purposes, that'll, that'll work better. So uh, we'll see what happens when they come back. And, you know, you saw people that are coming in and, and saying, you know, it, it costs too much. It costs too much to educate these kids, you know, da, 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 and we need to save some money. So we'll throw out this formula and do something else. But, you know, at the end of the day, it costs a lot of money to educate kids. Well, it does. And, and you if, know, and you have to go back to the old plan, I guess. If you look at what has happened to school spending, uh, and, and people will play games with, with CAPERS money being put in and say, well, that's money that went to the schools. Well, it went to the schools for about 90 seconds. It goes to the schools, <laughs> and then they send, it, they send it right back. But if you look at in-classroom spending and, and you look at the number of students that uh, have grown and you also look at the cost of living, uh, you know, if you account for all of those things, it's been fairly flat. Okay. Now, how are the uh, colleges and universities doing this time around. We're talking about K through 12 there, but what are we talking about the secondary? Spending has been pretty flat and continues to be pretty flat there. Uh, you know, the universities have had the, have the opportunity to find money elsewhere. They can try to raise money from alumni and from other people, but uh, they've raised tuitions. And we've had, we've had pretty hefty tuition increases over the last uh, uh, 10, 15 years. It's, it's been They've been pretty spectacular increases in tuition, and that's, that is troubling. Uh, you know, there's research that says for every year you add to the education level of the population, you increase gross domestic product by four-tenths of a percent, which is, could be pretty pre- significant. Yeah, yeah because bet. we've had like zero GDP growth in Kansas uh, over the last year or over a year period recently. Yeah. So... So uh, we've, we've got this higher tuition, which is a roadblock for students to get a higher education. And one of the things that's happened is this year, uh, enrollment in higher education in Kansas is actually down 1.2%. That is extremely troubling, uh, uh, particularly when higher education really pays, plays an important part in, in the economic growth of the state. Getting to the point where people just can't afford to go to school. 
Is that about that's it? That's right. I think that's what's happening. Wow. You know, the schools that are growing are the community colleges and uh, those with cheaper uh, uh, cheaper tuition, like Fort Hayes State University. What's, uh, again, let's go back and, and talk about Medicaid for just a minute. Uh, the unenlightened out there, I mean, I think you have to get to be about 55 years old before you start to try to figure out what's the difference between Medicare and Medicaid. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because it never comes you up. You and I know. <laughs> Medicare and Medicaid, two different things. And Medicaid is basically uh, uh, supporting the, our, 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 our poorest people, the people who can't afford. Uh, tell us about Provides uh, what, in what, health insurance. Yeah, what's going on with that? Yeah. Well, and you have to go back to the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Obamacare, yeah. And part of Obamacare was, you know, the, the, the theory was if we cover these people, uh, that can't afford health insurance, if we get them to get health insurance in some way, if we subsidize it or whatever, and, and the other part of it that is very controversial is it requires you to have it. If you don't get it, uh, you're supposed to be uh, penalized when you do your income tax. You pay, you, you pay the equivalent of penalty if you don't have health insurance, and that's what many people are, are very opposed to. That's probably the thing that is most onerous about it. But part of, part of it was... If, if we get these people covered, we'll take care of their health problems earlier and it won't be as expensive. And so uh, we, we've had people that have been c- covered by Medicaid and we have people that are employed that have health insurance and there, there's a gap in the middle. Uh, and the U.S. Supreme Court ruled when they took a look at Obamacare that that was not constitutional uh, to require the states to do that. The states could vote uh, could decide on their own to accept sort of that middle area that was uncovered. And several states have, have done that. About, I think, 29 have not, and Kansas is one of them. So the, the, issue, the argument is we cover the, the poorest to the poor, uh, the people who uh, are employed and have more resources uh, get, can get health insurance, but there's this group in the middle that is not covered, and they tend to be the working poor. They tend to be people with a job or two jobs or three jobs, but they just can't afford the health insurance. And that's what—that's who would be covered. And I think in Kansas it's about 170,000 people. Mm-hmm. And they tend to, when they get sick, they wait and they wait, and then they go to the emergency room, and then the hospitals have to, have to treat them, and the hospitals don't get paid, and they have to bite the bullet. Uh, and that's one of the things that's happened in, with this St. Francis Hospital situation in Topeka. They, they have eaten $9 million a year in, in people that would have been covered by Medicaid but have not been. There's, a, there's been talk of pay raises for some state employees, which uh, I would have thought that's something over the years that they've been taken care of, but not for quite a while have they gotten a pay raise, right? They just uh, gave a pay raise recently, I think, to... Uh, Uniform prison guards, they had, been, had not seen a pay raise in, in seven years. And we've had some uh, correctional institutions, some prisons where uh, the guards have not had a pay raise uh, in so long that the turnover is just tremendous, 30%. I think the El Dorado facility at one time had a, had a turnover rate of uniformed correctional officers of 38% a year. Well, uh, that's a tough job. And that's that is that a I wouldn't very want to tough do. job. You know, and yeah. we, they've had trouble with uh, people in state mental institutions, uh, uh, keeping them tremendous turnover there. Uh, they're getting paid. They have to pay them overtime to make sure that the place is staffed. 
And now they're going to have to deal with maybe with somebody coming in with a gun. <laughs> Doesn't sound good. Yeah. Uh, well, give us an update on the status of uh, roads, highways, infrastructure. Uh, I'm glad that you asked that question. <laughs> I th- okay. there, there is some desire to figure out what to do. The, the situation with, with roads is pretty bad. They've, they've pretty much put on hold new construction projects unless they were underway already. So new construction is pretty much delayed permanently. Uh, the, uh, and preservation or basic maintenance has been greatly reduced. Um, uh, there was a little reported presentation of the Senate Ways and Means Committee January 25th. KDOT predicted a substantial decrease in preservation under the, governor, the governor's proposed budget. Uh, KDOT officials said only about $28 million was available for preservation projects compared to $88 million for the current year. Uh, that's quite a bit. And at one time, they were talking about only being able to do one-fiftieth of the roads every year in preservation. Once every 50 years is not enough time for roads. So here's, here's what they've done. Uh, there's one bill that they've does not moved forward for a five, calls for a five-cent gas tax increase to help pay for some preservation. There's a House, that's in the Senate, the House has a bill that is an 11 cent gas tax increase. And the other thing is one of these budgets, uh, uh, I believe it's a Senate budget, has an 18 percent, raises the 18 percent limit on annual debt service for 2018 and 2019. And it gives KDOT the authority to uh, do a, an additional $400 million in bonding. That would infuse some money into the road preservations and be able to keep, keep uh, the maintenance up on the roads. But we have taken so much money, you know, probably a couple billion dollars, if not more, over the road from the road project projects over the last five, six years. That uh, uh, you know our roads are still in good shape because we took care of them for so long. But it's not going to take long for them to deteriorate. Uh, uncorked Kansas legislation: strong beer in grocery stores. Yes, uh, this has been kind of a recurring, recurring yes. uh, uh, issue for a long time. And they finally reached some sort of settlement of a little, a little piece of this issue. The grocery stores have wanted to, to sell strong beer and liquor for some time. Yeah. And I think what has driven the recent legislation, which the governor has signed, has been the fact that Colorado and Oklahoma and all these other states are now allowing it in some form. And 3-2 beer, which is what's sold in the grocery stores, is probably going to go away. The, the, the companies, the breweries, are not going to make it anymore. They're just going to make the strong beer. And so the agreement, which nobody's really happy with, is that beginning in a year, you can't just run into the grocery store and buy strong beer uh, soon, uh, but in a year, April 1st, 2019, uh, the bill allows convenience and grocery stores to sell 6% strong beer rather than the 3-2 cereal malt beverage beer. It also allows liquor stores, they get something out of this now, uh, it's the only place you can buy strong beer now, but now they can sell non-alcoholic products for up to 20% of their revenue. Uh, They could sell cigarettes and lottery tickets, those don't count towards the 20%, but they can sell snacks and chips and things like that. That is something they have wanted. So both sides get something they have wanted. Okay, uh, so uh, when are we back in session again? May 1st. May 1st. They go back for the, what they call the, what, the veto session? They call it the veto session. Yeah. Years ago, it was three to four days. 
from everything I've seen and heard and from what you've told me, it looks like there's going to be you know, probably going to be some tax increases going coming to the floor. I would, I would <laughs> uh, if I had to bet, I would say yes, I think they're coming. I tell you, they've got a long way to go, and a lot of, a lot of uh, agreements are going to have to be reached, and uh, they've got a lot of work ahead of them here as they try to wrap up this session. And you think maybe they're going to try to do it in, in 90 days or less, which they used to do, but uh, we don't want to have another record-breaking long session, do we, Bertie? Well, the, the majority leader of the Kansas House, uh, Don Heineman, told me he, he wants to be able to start planting uh, about May 16th. All right. Thanks, Bernie, for being with us. Always in, an enlightening session. Our guest political analyst, Bernie Cook. That's all for this edition of 2017, Issues 2017. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.